0: If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at TheOrganicView.com. Today's show is sponsored by Austria's Finest Naturally, authentic pumpkin seeds and pumpkin seed oil from the Styermark available at OrganicUniverse.com. Listeners of The Organic View can receive $1 off their purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. On today's show, author Susan Elliott is going to talk about her new book, Getting Back Out There, Secrets to Successful Dating and Finding Real Love After the Big Breakup. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Susan Elliott. Good afternoon, Susan, and welcome to the show. Good
1: afternoon. Thank you for having me.
0: Susan, could you take a moment and share a little bit about yourself with our listeners?
1: Yes, uh, Getting Back Out There is my second book. My first one was Getting Past Your Breakup. So I am a relationship coach, and I do media commentary on relationships and breakups and healthy relating. And I also talk to families, to schools, and to women's groups. And I'm a grief counselor, and I'm an attorney.
0: And you're from New York.
1: And I'm from Best New York. That's place to
0: be. <laughs> yes. And Susan, let's begin by talking about how you know whether or not You're ready to begin dating.
1: Well, I think that we don't always know, you know, like with a deep knowing. I think that many times people have a clue that they're ready, that they're ready to move past their previous relationship and they're ready to get back out there. And other times they're still smarting from the breakup and they go out there anyway. And then other times they've done their work, they've healed, they feel really good. And then they go out and date, and they realize in the first few dates, maybe I'm not ready yet. So it's, it's never a clear-cut answer. Sometimes you have to give yourself a little time after a breakup to heal and to do some introspection and to figure out what you want and what you don't want in your life. And then I think that you could slowly go out into the dating world, and if you find that you're not ready, you're not ready. It's fine to go back to not dating for a while and then try it again a little later on
0: now you said something really wise quote when feeling lonely and ready to jump into the dating pool don't compare your insides to everyone else's outsides
1: right and i think that what that means is You could be feeling a million different things, and you look at the person next to you sitting on a bus or in a store, and you think, that person looks really happy, and how come I'm so miserable? And they could be looking at you having the exact same experience where they're feeling miserable, and to them, you look happy. So you never really know how someone else is feeling, and if you try to compare yourself to other people by just looking at them from the outside, you're never going to feel like you measure up.
0: Thank you. Susan, so what does it mean to know others?
1: To know others is to be realistic about what messages you're getting from their actions. Many people can say a lot of, a lot of you know, things that you want to hear, and you listen to that, but their actions say something else. So I think that what you really need to do is to take a step back and try to see other people as objectively as you can and to not be, have your vision clouded by what you want them to be, but to be open to what they really are.
0: Thank you. When you first end a relationship, what kind of self-assessment can you do to see what you've learned and where exactly you need to grow?
1: One of the things that's really hard is if somebody feels victimized, like they were cheated on or they mistreated or, you know, so, something went wrong and they got the short end of the stick. For many people, it's hard for them to take responsibility for what went wrong in the relationship because they feel victimized. But it's really important to step back and say, what did I miss? What were the early signs that this might happen? What were the early signs that this person was not who they said that they were you have to take a certain amount of responsibility for your role in the relationship even if it was a very passive role of just accepting the other person or you know accepting them despite many things that they did that were unacceptable so you have to take responsibility for your role in it if you want to change it and do better in the future
0: i like your idea of tucking bits of information away How can you teach yourself to recognize red flags as well as pink flags?
1: One of the things that I suggest to people is to think back on previous relationships they've had, relationships that they're aware of, you know, other people have, their friends, their relatives, and make a list of what's acceptable and unacceptable. And then there's always a gray area of, well, I would prefer this, but I don't have to have it, or I really want to have this but for the right person i would give it up or i really demand this but you know if the person is terrific in this other way you know i'll take that one off the table so i think that if you have an idea of the person that would be a good companion for you a good life partner or a good life mate not somebody who's you know, great looking or funny or, you know, opens the door all the time. It's somebody who's really going to be a partner to you. If you have that idea in your head and you're willing to be selective according to that criteria, then you're going to do better than if you just go out there and take what comes along.
0: Thank you. Let's talk about what I think, in my opinion, is the most important thing to remember, boundaries how do you set boundaries and how do you enforce them
1: i think from the beginning many people try to let things go because you know they're new they don't want to come off as controlling or overbearing or you know whatever
0: but if something's
1: really important to you you need to let the other person know, and not only so that you secure your boundary and that you're treated a certain way or that your certain preferences are respected, but you also want to know how this person is going to respond to you setting a boundary. You know, it's one of the examples that I give in the book, you know, if somebody says, oh, let's go for sushi, and you say, I don't like sushi, you know, that should be okay. It should be okay, let's go get something else. But if the person says, well, have you ever tried sushi or what don't you like about it? You know, if they're kind of pushing you, you have to take note of that,
0: you know, and it might
1: mean something, might not mean something. You know, you could say to the person, you know, I really understand my own likes and dislikes, and if I say I don't like something, I don't like it and I don't want to try it. The person could be perfectly fine with that. That's what I mean by tuck it in your pocket. Like you don't know how this person is going to respond They might go, oh, okay, then, you know, I won't push you on that. But if the person continues to push you on that, then you know this is a problem.
0: I agree. I also think it's important because in the beginning of the relationship, those boundaries really do set the stage for the longevity of the relationship because it's kind of late to set the boundaries later on in the relationship if you remain silent whether it's months or years even.
1: Exactly. And I had um, a reader recently tell me that they had given up all their friends and family for the relationship because the person didn't like them and then they broke up. And now this person has to rebuild all these relationships that they let go.
0: Could you just take a moment and give some examples of some common boundaries that perhaps might benefit our listeners?
1: One of the ways that you can set boundaries early in the relationship is to do what I just said, like establish likes and dislikes, preferences and not preferences. And you can let people know, yes, I like to do that. No, I don't like to do that. And, you know, I'm a night person. I'm a morning person. I like to get to work on time. You know, different things that says who you are and different things that you're not going to compromise for anybody. And you don't have to say it like you're hitting someone over the head with it, but you just need to establish early on, this is me, this is, you know, who I am and what I like and how I like it. And, you know, have an idea of what's important to you so that you can communicate that to other people and see how they respond to it.
0: How do you know if someone is actually into you?
1: I think that that's kind of a loaded question because many times, and this is this plays itself out all the time. People say things; they're very effusive. Oh, I like you. You've got great eyes. You're you're an honest person. On and on, and then the next day they're like, "But you know, we, I don't see much of a future for us. So, bye."
0: Bizarre.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so when it's early on, it's very difficult to listen to things that people are telling you when they don't really know you but all of us want to hear those things so it's hard to say wait a minute this person doesn't really know me why are they you know kind of slobbering all over me and there are just some people that just uh, are sort of compliment heavy I don't know if you've ever had a friend who every time you see the person they're like oh I like your shoes I like your sweater I like your hair
0: It makes me wonder what they want.
1: Well, yeah, well, it's always like, why can't you just say hello? (laughs) Like, you know, some people are just very complimentary and they feel like they have to or something to that effect. And when you're dating people like that and they're just showering you with compliments and you're being kind of swept away by it, and then all of a sudden they go, oh, you know what? I don't see a future for us at all. Goodbye. (laughs) You're just so confused. So I think that, you know, somebody being into you, it takes a while, Um, you know, and it's when you start planning an exclusive monogamous relationship is when, you know, you both kind of make the decision, is this where we want to go?
0: And I think it's also important to communicate that to the person that you're dating. This applies to not only men, but to women. I think communication is really important, especially as the relationship is developing and more people really need to make it a point to communicate how they're feeling, especially in the early stages of the relationship, just to make sure that you're on the same page.
1: Right, exactly. And, you know, sometimes when you put yourself out there, you'll find that you're not on the same page and that, you know, that can hurt or can sting But there's no way to get into a relationship or to have a loving bond with somebody unless you put yourself out there emotionally. And sometimes you might put yourself out there a little prematurely, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. You can go on and, you know, do perfectly fine.
0: One of the most debated questions is whether or not to continue communicating with your ex. What is your advice?
1: I usually tell people, do not communicate with people if, A, it hurts you. Don't fall for the axe who says, oh, I can't imagine me not having you in my life. It's like, well, sorry, but I'm not responsible for taking care of that particular aspect. You have to take care of your own emotions. And some people will say, oh, we can be friends. We, we shared so much together. If being friends hurts you, the answer is no. If you're a co-parent or a co-worker, you can keep your conversation civil and businesslike. Don't get into the, you know, friend status. Don't get into crying on each other's shoulders. Don't get into big dramatic scenes. Just keep the conversation short and businesslike.
0: Another really important question is what point is it okay to introduce your potential partner to your children, your family, or even animal companions?
1: Well, I think that for animal companions, (laughs) you know, if if it's just you and your dog or your cat, you know, you could probably have the person over on the weekends. Or um, when my kids were younger and visiting, you know, their father, I would have somebody over on the weekends they weren't home. With children, it's very age-dependent. And it's also dependent on the severity of the separation, the relationship they have with their parents. You know, it's very individualized. And you have to take your kids' feelings into consideration and let them know that you're there for them no matter what. They're not being replaced. You know, you're, you're going to be there for them. You're not going to run off and pay more attention to your new boyfriend or girlfriend you know, you're still their mom or dad.
0: Now, in the same token, Susan, at what point do you ask to be introduced to your potential partner's children or family, what have you? For example, for someone who doesn't have children or someone that has children and understands, okay, well, if I get involved with this person and take it to the next level, not only am I going to have a relationship with that person – but I'm also going to have a relationship with his or her family. Right. At what point do you know that it's the right time for you to go there?
1: I'm not sure that the person who is going to be introduced to someone else's children necessarily knows that, but you can watch the dynamics between your new relationship and the children and your new relationship and their ex. It's very important to do a lot of observation of that before you insert yourself into those relationships. You have to see what dynamics are at play. You have to see if, you know, what happens many times, as soon as the ex realizes that you have somebody that you're serious about and you could possibly be introducing their children to them, um, you might get some pushback there. So it's important to see how does this person respond to their ex pushing back, You know, how is the ex responding? Do they have a good relationship? Do they not have a good relationship? If not, what's going on? How can I best help my partner navigate this without coming across like, okay, I'm new here and now I'm going to tell everybody what to do.
0: Which is a problem for a number of people. Yes,
1: I I see it happen all the time. A new person comes in and they're like, okay, you're going to tell them that we're going to see them on the weekend and this is going to happen, that's going to happen, and immediately they alienate the ex and the kid.
0: It's always tricky, but yeah, I, I think you have to consider the different factors in the relationship and what the potential dynamics could be and take it slowly.
1: Yeah, and also what your ex, I mean, what your new partner is telling you about their ex may or may not be true.
0: This is also something to consider. And that's why you're on the show, to talk (laughs) about these things and also to share with our listeners all sorts of wonderful advice. Uh, Once again, the name of the book is Getting Back Out There, Secrets to Successful Dating and Finding Real Love After the Big Breakup. Susan, can you, one last question, can you Explain to our audience, what is the difference between real love and true love?
1: I believe that true love is the romanticized version of relationships that sells books, movies, and music. And it's all about, you know, the the fantasies and the feelings and the walks on the beach and the moonlight and all of that stuff. Real love is what happens in real life between real people with real problems and real situations. It's about being there for each other through thick and thin, through life's ups and downs, all the stuff that you would make a very boring movie.
0: Do you have any advice for any of our listeners out there that are looking to begin again and are not really too sure which direction to move?
1: I would say that if they're not sure which direction to move, to do uh, some of the inventories as they're written in the book. And you answer a lot of self-assessment questions, and you also make lists of what you want, what you don't want, what's acceptable, what's unacceptable, what's negotiable, and what's non-negotiable. If you don't have some of that concrete stuff laid out, you're never going to know when you're ready or what you're ready for so you have to have some kind of clear picture of what it is you ultimately want in your life before you move forward.
0: Perfectly said. Susan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Your book is magnificent. I wish I had this 20 years ago. <laughs> Folks, if you love Bridget Jones's diary, love sex in the city, love actually any of the more popular shows about dating. Let me tell you, this actually explains what you should and should not do. So whether you're in a relationship, thinking about starting a relationship, pick up a copy of Susan's book, getting back out there secrets to successful dating and finding real love after the big breakup. It's available wherever books are sold or on amazon.com. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank Susan, please come back and please write another book. I really love this. This is definitely one for the collection. And folks, oh, you're very welcome. And folks, thank you for tuning in. Please check out the companion article to this interview, which will be available on theorganicview.com, which will also have information about getting in touch with Susan and also the book. Have a great afternoon, everyone.